0: So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. On episode 51 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, we're talking about what could be the next wave in sports, Millennial Night. Oh boy. Welcome to The Gem on the Queen's Crown. A podcast talking local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Visit theleewmowen.com slash podcasts for every available platform. Opening theme from Music Radio Creative. And now for our host, Lee W. Mowen. Before we begin episode 51... There's big news among us. This podcast is now on Spotify! And the reason why that's such big news for me is because ever since I learned that Spotify was taking podcasts, it's been my goal. And I've tried for months and months to get the Gem of the Queen's Crown to the streaming service, and it's finally happened, last week in fact. So all 50 episodes... And soon to be 51 after this is all said and done Are on Spotify Yes, I'm pretty excited So let's start with Millennial Mayhem Madness Sounds like a Donkey Kong 64 minigame game that was axed out by Rare If you don't know what Donkey Kong 64 is It's a game on the Nintendo 64 That was a platformer made by Rare It was pretty cool Apparently glitchy, but I don't know. I liked it as a kid. So the reason why I'm talking about this, no, it's not in the Cincinnati-Dayton area, but it's something that I hope doesn't reach here. The Montgomery Biscuits, that's Montgomery, Alabama, not Montgomery, Ohio, or Montgomery County, Ohio, for that matter, the AA affiliate of the Rays of Tampa Bay, at Biscuit Baseball on Twitter, are having a Millennial Night on July 21st. And this is a couple days away, removed from a week. So if you want to head there, enjoy it. You know, that's up to you. That's a long road trip. But on July 21st, it's Millennial Night as the Biscuits will be taking on the Mississippi Braves, AA of Atlanta, with participation ribbons, selfie and nap stations, and avocados. You know, what goes on toast. So, this is not the first Millennial Night. In fact, I'm on the CBS Affiliates website, WKYT, in Lexington, Kentucky. And they're talking about how the Lexington Legends did this first. They are the same level as the Dragons in the South Atlantic League, single-A ball. Apparently, according to WKYT, it was mixed. But if you go by my eyes... It was 95% negative, and this is no different. We'll talk a little bit about that after the article. This is by the WKYT News staff, and this was done mid-May of this year. The promotion showed young people at the ballpark all on their cell phones, and they were promoting free parking, which is pretty cool, participation ribbons, nap time, and selfies. And the tweet from the Lexington Legends, Millennial Night was coming to Whitaker Bank Ballpark Monday, May 14th, and we can't even, I'll have to admit that did crack a smile on my face, and then it's got an emoji of an avocado, a smartphone, and uh, someone. So free parking, free participation ribbons, free nap time, and free selfie stops there's a couple of tweets saying that's hilarious and people getting offended at this need to learn to laugh with four crying smiley emoticons someone thinks it's brilliant nice work all this salt should have added safe spaces some were critical of the promotion i'll say like i said most of the tweets i saw were critical can you imagine what it's like studying ads slash marketing slash PR, getting hired to promote a brand, and then thinking posting this is a good idea? You must have absolutely no budget for a PR director. That's embarrassing. Well, I mean, participation ribbons, they do cost money, never mind. And there's a local fan disappointing their team. Stereotyping and meanness is not what baseball's about. It's about sportsmanship, being your best self, and having fun. Oh, here's one. First 10,000 fans in attendance of the Lexington Legends Millennial Night get crippling student debt. And someone was actually asking for Baby Boomer Night, which is a theme on the one coming up from Montgomery Biscuits. They get to destroy the environment, hallow out the middle class, destroy the labor... Ooh, wait. Politics. I don't get into that. Oh... And then someone's asking, what are you going to do for Generation X and Boomer Nights? And more, or how about a mannequin of a millennial they can blame for their own shortcomings? First 5,000 tickets to Boomer's free, and we won't have to print any more because that lower the value of nearby. You get the point. And actually, there were a lot more positives than that, so hats off to WKYT for finding that. I'm on Biscuit Baseball. That's the Twitter account of the Montgomery Biscuits. And this one's talking about Saturday, July 21st, Riverwalk Stadium will be millennial friendly with participation ribbon and speech lessons for this podcaster. Participation ribbon giveaway just for showing up, napping and selfie stations, along with lots of avocados. Okay, this was originally supposed to be at the end of the episode, but... What is the joke with avocados and millennials? I personally know about zero people that are obsessed with avocados. Do I know people that like avocados? Probably. I don't really know. But why is it avocado toast. Millennials love avocados and avocado toast. Instead, they should be saving on a house or something. This episode's going to get really political, isn't it? I don't want to jump into those waters. Okay, so from what I'm seeing on this tweet, a lot of the response is negative. Um, About 95% negative. There are some exceptions. Like I mentioned, there's people on the Legends one saying, you know, people need to learn how to take a joke. So much salt. Well, the exceptions are LOL Triggered, Savage... And then someone just shares a picture of someone peeing on the wall over the toilet, and someone pooping on the floor. I <laughs> I looked at that and I laughed for a solid couple minutes. I'm like, why? What? 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 And then there was someone saying, "If you get mad, go watch Boar Hoops." Actually, I would love to see a game called Boar Hoops where you ride on wild boars and then try to make baskets. I think it's maybe a little less interesting than the trampoline basketball slam ball. See, I thought I was going to forget that name, and then I didn't, so there you go. And then a couple suggestions for Boomer's Night where old people leave after the seventh inning. And stuff like that. So, I did a little research, and I go to the Pew Research Center. Millennials, uh, formerly known as Generation Y, are people that were born from 1981 to 1996. So, about 37 year old people to, what would 96 be? 22 at this point? So, 22 to 37. That's a fairly decent range. The generation before Generation Y is from 1965 to 1980. And Generation Z, I couldn't really find an end year. It starts in 1997. I feel old just talking about ages there. So, you know, I'm shaking my cane and I'm telling you, get off my podcasting lawn. Except, no, come back. I need listenership. So, Millennial is the former Generation Y Term It changed around 2012, because that age said it sounded better. No, it doesn't. You're it's Generation Y. But, for this episode, I'm just going to keep saying Millennial Night. So, what are my thoughts on this? I'm not personally offended. I mean, hey, it's trying something new. Although, I am saying I hope it doesn't spread. A for effort. But, no. I think the promotion isn't a great one. And I pray that it doesn't become the next Star Wars night. And I'll explain what I mean now. You know Star Wars. I don't have to explain that part. It's now part of Disney, which is still weird. Darth Vader's like, Mickey, you're my son. Ho-ho! No, I'm not! come to the dark side we have hats that fit your head (sighs) by now you know two things i do not have the voice of james earl jones that would be sweet and i'm pretty terrible at everything no star wars night it seems like every team in sports and it's not just baseball hockey has this too. Since the Clones did a Star Wars night, the Reds have done Star Wars nights for the past seems like ten years. Enough! How much more unique can you get on Star Wars night? I like Star Wars. My dad and I watched the original three films on VHS when I was a kid. I like Star Wars. I don't like Star Wars nights because they're so overdone. Ooh, look at this special jersey of R2-D2 for the 85th billionth time. We get it. R2-D2 exists. Han Solo. We get it. Millennial Falcon. We get it. Stop with the Star Wars Knights. We get it. Now, one thing I'd like to see, but I hope it's not ran into the ground, Star Trek Knights. You got a lot of Trekkies out there. My dad and I watched Star Trek The Next Generation while I was a wee tot. And then he told me about how it would come on Saturday mornings and before he'd go start farming, he'd watch it with bull bowl cereal and it was in black and white TV. Times have changed since then, since you probably have a color TV. If you have a black and white TV, that's probably worth some coin, maybe. I don't know. Will this Millennial Night be done by everybody? I don't see how it could. Because there's such a wild backlash to this. Even if you count all the positive responses and people that can, quote unquote, take a joke. You got to think. Millennials are going to be the next group coming up. And they're going to be the ones enjoying sports. You got to cater to all sides where people don't feel like, oh, well, it's just it's not for me type of thing. Like I said, I'm personally not offended. I'm a millennial. No, I'm a Generation Wire. I just ask why. My podcast is just going to be called Why? And that's all I do. No, that's, that's awful. I'm sorry. If you offend too many people, then that's money going out. That's money you're not taking in. I guess it wouldn't be going out because that would mean the team's spending it on offended people. But what I mean is... If people catch wind; they don't like it. Then they decide money stays with me, not for the team. There's people that love love it, and they'll pay, of course. And again, going over the fact is why is avocado toast the big LOL millennials? They exist punchline. Again, I don't know people that did that. I asked people on Twitter: Is that really a thing, or is this just the Onion? disguising itself as, you know, a real a, a real magazine or something like that. I just I don't know. Come to think of it, where are places you can get avocado toast? If you if you think about Cincinnati Dane area, I'm sure there's restaurants that do, but like chain restaurants where if you walk up to McDonald's like, I want some avocado toast, we have hamburgers, does that count? I mean I don't know that's just me and if you're angry at me for talking about avocado toast so much you know the normal addresses so like i mentioned on twitter through my eyes there's a lot of people that are upset there's some people saying it's a joke like i said i'm not personally offended that's why i'm making an episode on this on my podcast right it gets more attention out there and I know that's the whole point it's not to offend millennials because if you're doing that then you're shooting yourself in the foot money wise there's a couple people out there like hey you need new social media people here's my resume there's people that are really offended by that there's some people that are talking about boomer nights like I said there's one tweet on here. I want to speak to the manager line. <laughs> I've been on the bun end of those all the time. Ooh. Retail. Boomer night sponsored by Hover Round <laughs> Come on, that's mean. And that's mean that I read that. And I know I'm probably offending people. Again, Biscuit Baseball. This tweet's from July the 11th. I thought it was 12th. This game is the 21st Saturday. If you feel like making a long trip to Montgomery, Alabama to enjoy that, there you go. Participation ribbons, selfie stations, and napping areas. Like I said, from my eyes, there's 90 plus percent people that are offended by it. And then there's someone showing a picture of an empty stadium. Haha, triggered much, millennials? and then and then this picture has a copy of the or not copy but it's photoshop biscuits logos in there someone says that they're projecting to have a sellout or the highest attendance of the year so my personal opinion I'm fine with it I'm not going to Montgomery Alabama I got work But I'm hoping it's not the next wave where everyone starts to do it. By wave, I mean, you know, you go up, wave your arms up and down. I'm not a big fan of the wave. And I know there's people that like the wave. That's fine. And there's people that don't like the wave. Again, that's fine. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. All I'm saying is this thing exists, and I hope I'd never see it in Cincinnati or Dane. There's a couple of suggestions that I thought about two are kind of the same there's don't at us night and there's at us night you know the big saying on twitter don't at me if you don't agree with me or go ahead and at me i never understood why that's you know the drop the mic part of the argument like but what if i don't agree with you Well, if i agree with you i can't at you you said not a big fan of that but you know you could have that uh, was it the white caps or the tin caps in the Midwest League that did something really cool with social media? I think it was the tin caps they had every single one of their followers, which is a lot on Twitter. They had their usernames on this jersey. I believe the usernames were in red and it was a white jersey and tin caps were across it. They had every single user that followed them on that jersey that was. Pretty cool. I think that was Fort Wayne. West Michigan had a social media jersey too a couple years back. I forget what that looked like. I think there was a lot of pictures that the white caps used. Those are things that are really cool. Celebrate social media. I know a lot of times it's awful and there's a lot of things that you know could be fixed with it. But social media in its intended use is beautiful. I had avocado night. I don't know why, you know, come in for the avocados, stay for the game. Again, I'll say it once, i said it twice, I'll say it a third time, why is that the punchline for millennials? Avocados. They're healthy, you know. Then I thought, Fortnite night, because, you know, it's the big video game, apparently, and I don't know what it is. It just looks like you can float logs up and make things and shoot people, stuff. I, I don't get it. Looks like a third-person shooter. There's a lot of people interested in it. And then... You know... You could do that. I'm not... The big... Big brain on... You know... Promotions. I mean, those are some of the ideas I thought of, but... I don't know. The team that I work for currently, the Dragons... They... Just had their first two... Specialty jerseys... Ever in program history that's from moving from Rockford Illinois to Dayton Ohio in 2000 well for the 2000 season I should say just think that was what about 19 seasons before having a special jersey I really like the 4th of July jerseys the Dragons had they'll wear them again I forget which Saturday in August for their hometown heroes night the Dragons to me, I mean, they don't have a lot of specialty jerseys and stuff like that, but you know what? You don't really need them. In fact, what they're doing with the second jerseys is really cool because they're celebrating the military people in Dayton, Ohio, which there's a ton of because of right pat. I love that. Dragons do it very well on marketing, and I will definitely give them that. Cyclones, like I mentioned, they have a Star Wars night. Mm. They also have a couple neat nights, too. In fact, in the ECHL, I think it's the Toledo Walleye. Whenever they have a Mario night, they'll get the ever team to wear Bowser or something like that. So that's pretty cool. Like Bowser hockey tops, not like actual Bowser suits. Actually, no, I want to see five Marios on the ice against five Bowsers. Go, make that happen. Actually, last year, it was the Indy Fuel and the Fort Wayne Comets. They were talking about the fact... Actually, they didn't talk about it. They had it. Indy, their barn is sponsored by Indiana Farmers. And that's an insurance company. Their mascot is Garfield. Garfield being from Muncie, Indiana. Well, not Garfield, but Jim Davis, the guy that draws Garfield. So, Indy had Garfield jerseys. And Fort Wayne had Odie jerseys. And it had the Jim Davis font. <laughs> Those are pretty spectacular jerseys. See, that's what I'm talking about. Marketing, creativity. I want more of that in my sports than LOL Millennials or LOL Boomers, you know? Celebrate the good. That's what I like to see. I like the social media jerseys that Fort Wayne had. This is years ago now. And West Michigan had. There are great examples of sports marketing out there. This one is not near the top of them. If you're offended, that's okay. If you're not, that's okay. If you're offended by me, then now we have a problem. No, I'm just kidding. You could be offended. You could not like this episode either. Like I said, it's up to you. So Millennial Night that's a thing and i'm hoping this doesn't spread as wildly as star wars night does because let's be honest that's overdone now we got a couple minutes i'd like to share some big news in dayton as you have a playoff team to support and that's the dayton dutch lions with a four nothing win just last friday at norfolk kentucky against cincinnati The Dayton Dutch Lions are the Great Lakes division champions. Big, big win for the Dutch Lions. They did fall at home to Lansing United 3-0. So your two teams from the Great Lakes will be the Dayton Dutch Lions and Lansing United. Cincinnati is out of the playoff run. And their game versus Michigan today at home will be... For pride and a strong finish to 2018 i was hoping for dayton and cincinnati to get to the playoffs not because haha that's two dutch lions teams no but both of these are really strong teams and i'm happy for coach grice and his dutch lions after his successful year in the dynamo he got a team to the playoffs in the MPSL. does it again next year in the pdl and that proves the point, that Coach Grice, excellent coach. I, I think people in soccer knew that. But it also proves that, hey, soccer works in Dayton, Ohio. So Dutch Lions heading to the playoffs. The Dragons are close to heading to the playoffs. We still have a lot of season to go. There's 70 games in the second half after all. But. Yesterday, they were one game back of a playoff spot should the season end today. If the season were to end today, Bowling Green and Lansing would have the first ones, the first playoff spots locked up. Dayton and Fort Wayne, and Lake County and South Bend, currently tied for third. They're four games back of first place Bowling Green in the second half and one game back of second-place Lansing. Now, of course, Bowling Green and Lansing, you don't get, like, double playoff spots. Apparently, in some leagues, as Tom Nichols said on the TV broadcast yesterday, if you do clinch first and second half, you just go to semifinals. That's not that way in the Midwest League. There's four teams that make it. So, right now, that would be an interesting tiebreaker situation. Dayton, Fort Wayne, Lake County, and South Bend single-A's of Cincinnati, San Diego, Cleveland, and the Chicago Cubs. West Michigan is one game back and Great Lakes, starting to catch a little fire, they're now 7 and 17. They started the second half one and 15. The looms are Dodgers and they are nine back of first, five back of a playoff spot. And just in case you're curious in the West, it would be Beloit. The Oakland A Single A affiliate and Minnesota's Cedar Rabbits Colonels. Peoria and Quad Cities are your first half playoff clinchers. Clinton is three and a half back of a playoff spot. They had the same record in the first half as Peoria, but the Lumber Kings went two and five against the Chiefs, therefore Peoria is in Clinton fighting in this half. Dayton's off tomorrow. They finished the series at home against Kane County tonight. That's a Monday, the sixteenth, and then head four three at Wisconsin, their single A of Milwaukee, the Timber Rattlers, ten and thirteen, and three at Beloit, like I mentioned, tied for first with Cedar Rapids with fifteen and seven as their record. Three at Wisconsin, three at Beloit, a day off, and then back home back to Eastern Division fun. So Dayton currently in the driver's seat, playing much better, pitching much better as a light. Actually, in the month of July, their ERA is third in the league. First would be Quad Cities, who had a very nice series of third field, actually. It will be interesting to see. I mentioned that we could see Jonathan India in Dayton, but he's in Greenville with the Reds. His first hit, also got his first home run in the same game. Doing quite well. Still playing third base. He hasn't moved over in the infield quite yet, like everyone's predicting. The Reds got him for his bat and for his athleticism. I can't wait to see these draft picks eventually come up through Dayton. That's your Dayton outlook right now. The Reds, how about those Reds? If you can turn a blind eye to that 19-4 loss, Cincinnati had a successful road trip. They dropped 2-3 in Chicago. Could have swept the Cubs, but a couple of light meltdowns allowed Chicago to get back in. Still, though, you win one at Wrigley. You win the first game at Wrigley. I'm happy with that. Took 2-3 in Cleveland and took 2-3 and three at St. Louis. In fact, the series winner that night, about an hour or so afterwards, Mike Matheny of the Cardinals was canned. And I know on my timeline, I follow a lot of Cardinals fans. I follow a lot of fans. But I know the Cardinals faithful was really, really wanting Matheny out before the season began and calling for his dismissal. And they got it one game before the All-Star break. It's the All-Star break now, so baseball in the MLB won't resume until Friday. Home run derbies tonight. And the game is Tuesday in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Dragons do have some bragging rights in the Futures game, which was yesterday at 4 o'clock. Taylor Trammell, former Dragon, played last year with Dayton. He batted 281 with the Dragons with 13 homers, 77 stakes on the grill. That's RBIs. And 41 stolen bases with Daytona this year. That's advanced A. It's full season, like low A. I don't know why it's low A. I just call it single A. Trammell had the game-winning hit. The game between United States of America and the world featured eight homers. Trammell had one. Hunter Green got a couple innings into pitch. Green should be back on the road trip to Wisconsin. And speaking of the Dragons, I mentioned I mentioned the fact that Dayton's playing well. They have a local on the team made his Dayton debut with the Dragons and he, I believe, is the third local. There was a Hamilton, Ohio native on the Dragons' very first team in 2000. And behind Dan Jensen, it's Patrick McGuff, graduate of Hamilton High School, Sinclair Community College, and Moorhead State. Went five innings, scoreless frames a couple of punch outs two walks very successful debut for McGuff his pitch count was high after five but he did get the W in fact that's Dayton's first shutout win in make it second shutout win on the season uh Packy Naughton had eight innings of shutout ball at Great Lakes for the five nothing win up there to split the series And speaking of Packy Naughton, the left-hander had a scoreless inning streak of 24 snapped in the third as Kane County got two, but Dayton would get five in the bottom of the frame to take the win 5-3 against Kane County. That's the series for Dayton. So very exciting times in sports in the Sunday area. Reds playing much better. FC Cincinnati still doing great out there. Just picked up their first ever win against the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Still holding on to that first place spot. Now second place Pittsburgh looking up. Dayton could clinch a playoff spot in the second half. By the way, in the USA versus World Futures game, Hunter Green, one and a third of one earned run. I thought I saw two earned runs. Of Two hits, ERA of 6.75 and his one and a third. One walk, one strikeout. Had the fastest pitch clocked in at 103.1 miles per hour. That guy can throw the heat. And Hunter Green's coming around quite well too it's pretty exciting in Cincinnati and Dayton I'm proud to be able to share that little bit with you the listener I think that's a good stopping point for episode 51 Millennial Mayhem Madness I'm still proud of that title I'm patting myself on the back right now as you can't see maybe here through my blue snowball microphone Episode 52 hopefully will be released Sunday. I still got to get to work on that. I have a couple segments pulled from there. If you, the listener, have any ideas what you'd like to hear for one-year celebration, please talk to me quickly because hopefully I'll get it done by Wednesday. At the Lee W. Mallon and at Gem on Queen Crown on Twitter, Lee W. Mallon on Facebook and The Gem on the Queen's Crown on Facebook. Please give me a thumbs up. That's a like on Facebook. And also, don't forget Spotify, the new home of The Gem on the Queen's Crown. You can find all the platforms to listen to this podcast on theleewmallon.com slash podcast. They're all in very organized links. Find your poison, click it, and listen. And some of those links have apps where you can take it on the go. I'm very excited that I'm part of Spotify now. Also, I have a lot of posts on Facebook on this, but I am in the process of building a high school football episode. And no, before you ask, it's not going to be, oh, here's this schedule, here's that schedule. We're not doing it like last year. No, thank you. Instead, it's going to be how you can listen to games, where the best follows are, and how you can get involved in the cincinnati Dayton area for high school football. Because trust me, once it starts, it takes off. Then you blink your eyes, and 10 weeks are in, and it's like, what happened? Got a couple of episodes planned down the pike. There's one that I'm really excited about. Hopefully get recorded next week for episode 53. Lots of ideas. It's a good time to have this podcast. And I can't believe that it's already one year of me beginning this journey. And I hope you enjoyed it with me as well. Until episode 52, celebrating one year of... Hashtag local Sunday Sports. This is Lee W. Mallon signing off, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Gem on the Queen's Crown. Closing theme provided by Roy Matz at RoyMatz.com. For every available platform to listen to the podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast. For podcast updates, like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. On Twitter, follow the podcast at Gem on Queen Crown and the host at The Lee W. Mallon.